0: Hi, welcome back to another episode of The Rugged Gospel. Let's get right into today's episode. All right, welcome to another episode of The Rugged Gospel. Today, I have Eleni Young with me again for, what is it, the third time, I believe it is? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love love to have you every time. It's such Uh good conversations.
1: It's fun. It's fun. Thanks for having me. This is going to be awesome.
0: Uh, I know this topic is a little, you know, uh, we were just talking about it before, but I think you know, a a lot of the times with this, this topic or other topics, it can get a little bit, you know, a little bit weird with a lot of people. And, Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's a good conversation to have. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, thank you for making the time to be here again. I know you're pretty busy with your restaurant and all that good stuff, but um, thank you for making the time.
1: I will always make time. This is so fun. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. And um, we're also still waiting for some of your episodes to come out. -hmm. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I
1: know I know. (laughs) I'm so busy. My brain is like a big pile of mashed potatoes these days. I can't even (laughs) imagine like editing an episode right now. But I'm sure in time it will resuscitate. (laughs) It will resurrect, (laughs) and I'll be back at it.
0: (laughs) So mashed potatoes with gravy, and our gravy
1: for sure. Gravy, but okay, dinner gravy, not beef gravy. Okay, (laughs) specific.
0: you know what? I, I, um, one time, like we had like a little dinner. This is completely off topic. We're not even, right. <laughs> <laughs> but one time, like we went up to the mountains, right? And we were just going to spend like a week in there. And, um, it was co- just a couple of friends and, and my sister. And we wanted corn, right? Cause I mean, corn is always good with those dinners. Yes. And so we bought like a can of corn and like thinking it was just corn, but it was like that creamy, like, I, I don't know if you've ever seen oh, it.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, Oh my gosh, like, forget
0: what it's called
1: sweet cream corn or something. Yeah,
0: something. Yes, yes, that.
1: And I was like,
0: (laughs) and we opened it, we're like, what is this? And so we just warm it up and we're like, what the heck? Like, we already have it. So let's, you know, eat it. And so I put it over the uh, mashed potatoes. Oh my God, it was the best.
1: It's so good. I could probably like crack a can right now and just eat it with a spoon. Like, it's so good. It's I definitely so good. That would probably kill me. I'm allergic to cream and corn, so that would.
0: Oh, yeah, I don't do that.
1: Thinking about that is, um, that's a glorious place to be <laughs> right now. Anyways.
0: <laughs> anyway, so I'm um, back to the topic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so today we're going to go over celebrity culture in the church. Um, I know you recently just made a post and, you know, I reached out to you and we were just talking a little bit on that. Uh, but I really wanted to just kind of go a little more in depth into just that conversation. I feel like there's a lot to talk about and a lot to kind of uh, go into. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll just go straight into the topic, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Go. We're going to separate it a little bit um, into like uh, leaders, musicians, and then like preachers. And then we'll go a little bit into influencers. So that way we can kind of separate it a little bit and like go into that specific uh, like topics. Mm-hmm. But starting with worship leaders and musicians, right? Um, what is the original purpose of worship leaders?
1: Well, I think that in order f- for a person to define the original uh, in- intent or purpose of the worship leader, I think it's important to go back to the beginning and figure out, you know, what is the original purpose of worship? Like, why is worship a thing? Where did it come from? I mean, we're we know that from the Old Testament um, from the, as you know, when the, when the Israelites came out of Egypt and, and God gave them this beautiful tabernacle, which was the presence of God dwelling with them. We can clearly see the pattern of how important it was, um, to go through the sequence of worship to God in order to be in the right space to enter into the holy place. And then of course, if you were the high priest and on on the day of atonement, it was in the holy of holies. And there's such an importance in the steps that were needed to take to get to that place. And so the original intent intentions, the original purpose, I guess, of worship is to create a clean heart within yourself and then bring a, a a song, a word, a, a, noise a joyful noise of worship unto God but i don't think you can necessarily be in the the spirit of worship if you haven't gone through um you know coming in and entering in with a clean heart that's why the altar is such an important place is you really do need to repent you need to come in and you need to you know let and leave and and go into that place so worship was designed to be a vertical thing and the point of it being vertical was you're saying, I'm denying myself. I'm denying my sins. I mean, I'm, I've repented of my sins. I'm denying my flesh. Um, I'm saying, you know, my body doesn't even really want to be here. (laughs) I think this whole process is uh, a little extra, but I know that my God is worthy of worship. And so worship was always meant to be this way. And, you know, over the course of geez, centuries and probably thousands of years, It seems as though worship has become a little bit more horizontal, and I think that that's where we're maybe facing the problem. Um, So the purpose of a worship leader in the correct sense, in the correct terms, is to lead the people, to lead the congregation, to lead themselves into a place of vertical worship. And that starts off with having a clean heart, um, setting aside your flesh, setting aside your pride, setting aside your Um, perfectionism and just worshiping God. Why? Because he's worthy. Why? Because he deserves all of the praise and he deserves the the worship that we give him. I mean, we could go on that topic forever just talking about how good and incredible and amazing God is and there's no words to describe him. So, I mean, to tie it all up with a bow, our worship is supposed to be vertical, not horizontal. And the purpose of that worship leader is is to take the people and take that horizontal worship, that that tendency that they have, and to point it to God and say, well, let's worship God together. Let's. I want to be that person in this congregation. I've been assigned this position. And I think, like, let's go in. Let's go all in. Let's go give it all to God. And let's set aside every kind of distraction or vanity or pride. Um, and that's in a modern sense. I mean, we could talk about the tribe of Levi for years years but i mean let's talk about right now (laughs) um so yeah
0: so true no honestly like that was really well put um i don't think i really have to add anything to that i mean i love how you put it as like you know uh, how it has to be vertical not horizontal and you know it it points you up to up to god instead of to everybody you know but um Mm -hmm. as far as like you know worship leaders um a follow-up question on that like what, what is? I know you mentioned this during your, uh, in that post that you made. What is the difference between leader worshipers and worship leaders?
1: Um, I mean, I think a leader worshiper is somebody that worships the leader. <laughs> that would be like the easiest and most simple way to describe that. Um, but of course, in this day and age, it is really easy to fall into that state of pride. And it's a fleshly thing and we we love the way someone sounds we love their tone we love the songs that they write we love how they slay slay they shred on the guitar um we love everything about their style you know we like their clothing and we just love them as as an artist or as a a leader in the sense of you know leading a congregation into worship and so we get on that train of well i just love that person's style um And I love that person's whatever. And it has nothing to do with that person. Like that person is literally just a vessel who's trying, or in most cases they should be, (laughs) trying to point that worship to God. So when you stop at the person, that becomes leader worship. You're saying, "Um, I'm here and maybe we're here to sing a couple God songs, but really like I'm here to listen to this person. And it could go like the opposite direction. If somebody per se doesn't have your favorite style, or maybe they don't have the grace, the greatest tone, they don't have your favorite voice, um, but they're leading worship on Sunday, you're like, um, I'm not going to worship to this person because I don't like their voice, or I don't like the songs that they pick, or I don't like this. And you're like, well, it's not about them ever. <laughs> it's about the person that they're yeah. worshiping, right? So when we're trying to get into that spirit of worship, and we allow that horizontal worship to stop at the worship leader and not make its way vertically. um, That's kind of what I would consider leader worship. And of course, a worship leader is somebody that is going up. They're like, I, I, Mm -hmm. my job here is to not be the best, to not, you know, do all these crazy runs. And my job isn't to make this about me. It's to make it about Jesus. Um, So naturally those people are the ones and they're rare, honestly, those people are rare. I struggle with it myself. So it's a thing. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. No,
0: it's definitely a thing, you know, and I, I feel like, you know, and we're going to go into different areas of it. It's not just worship leaders and musicians. There's mm-hmm. a lot more to it. But um, as far as that, as far as like still, uh, you know, with leaders and worship leaders and musicians, like, do you think people begin to think? that the team or the church can go on without them because they're so you know good or essential to that specific church that you know they're kind of getting a little big-headed and they're like hey like you can't do it without me kind of thing do you think that happens a lot of the times in the church
1: uh you know what i've never actually really experienced that firsthand so i don't know i do know people that i sense feel that way about themselves it's just a pride thing. And, you know, we always, we all struggle with it. Like that's our natural, it's just a natural way for us to be as humans. It's our natural instincts, our flesh, but we're called to lay that down every single day. We're called to crucify our flesh. We're, we're called to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, follow Jesus. And that means that like, <laughs> I like I have to laugh. It's funny because I I can I have these people's faces in my mind. I'm like, oh, Don't
0: say, the Don't say the name. Don't say the name.
1: No, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but I want to like have conversations with these people and just be like, so do you really think that you're all that? <laughs> I mean, you're good. You're ridiculously gifted. You can sing. You can play. You are phenomenal. You are so so talented. But God is worthy of worship, regardless of whether or not you're good or not. So if you want to make it all about you, then God is going to find someone else who makes it or turns it back to him. And so, I mean, your position is only as important to you as you make it, if that makes any sense. Like, um, so yeah, I mean, I think people just need to get out of that mindset and I don't, like I said, it is a natural inclination for a person to be like I am good and you know some people are like words of affirmation they're validated by other people so when they get like all kinds of you know whether it's on social media or whether it's in person like your song really blessed me or this and that and the other I can see how it's like well yeah you know I uh I, wrote it, so. <laughs> 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 I am pretty good you know you're right I have worked really hard to get here like I can see how that can become well you deserve to have me as your mm. worship leader or you, or, you know, like, yeah. Anyways, Eleni, take it down a notch. Like that's too far.
0: <laughs> yeah. Take it up one. I'm just gonna
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just, no, yeah, so I, I don't get it. I, I, I can see, I can try and understand why they want to be that way. Cause it is, like I said, it's pride, but um, it just blows my mind. How they can go through scripture, see people, used by god over and over and over again that fall into that place of pride and how god takes them down and replaces them with someone else you know yeah it's like how do you not see that it's a thing don't be like that don't be that person
0: (laughs) (laughs) no seriously and i mean i feel like that like it kind of goes into another problem which is i I know i've seen it at least um where you know a church or churches in general um Mm -hmm. Like start using that one or two people over and over because they have some sort of influence or because they're well-known or maybe it's, you know, they're good and people like them as worship leaders. And so they start just using that one or two all over the place. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, for example, here we have districts or we have like, you know, different things like that. Um, And so, you know, you start using that one person or this other person. It's just like that person being used everywhere. Um, Do you think that adds to the problem?
1: Well, I see, there's two sides of it. It really depends on the heart of that person that's being used. If they are operating in a spirit of pride, then I think that is a problem because as the worship leader or as the leader, as the person that's being used, they're just regurgitating that prideful spirit all over their church. But if there is somebody that is genuinely leading well and they are in tune with the spirit, they're, they have a heart for worship and they have a heart for the Lord. I don't see why using that person is a problem. I think it just, it's important to be able to foster that spirit in more people um which which would be adding them to the roster you know what i mean like you're no one's ever going to be a good leader if they've never led before like you don't and i say worship leading i mean leading song service um some people are natural born leaders but still need some help like getting better at it yeah i don't think you're you're really fostering a spirit of growth in your own church if you're only using the same people over and over again I think you just need to step out of your comfort zone and say you know what yeah this person's gifted they're anointed they walk with the lord they've got a spirit of humility um, but this other person uh, also has a heart to serve and like i'm gonna give them a chance and like i want to give them the chance to to be on rotation and to adopt that spirit off of that other person and if the other person is in the right spirit and they have humility then they'll be happy to have somebody else on the roster to help them lead and for them to mentor and for them to you know grow in their own faith that was a loaded answer and i don't know if i really answered it but
0: (laughs) yeah that actually goes into like the next question that i was gonna like ask you or the next two questions one was does this form like a culture of competition in the church that you know you're just kind of using one person so everybody's kind of competing and they're like oh like i want to be used too, so i'm gonna be better than this person or you know whatever it is and um And the next one was when we do this as like a church, are we devaluating the gift of others? It's kind of like a little bit of what you went into, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So so what do you think with these two questions? Like,
1: Yeah. um, like It's hard for me to to be able to identify with these questions personally because I just have never really dealt with this. I think as long as there's humans involved, I think there's going to be a spirit of competition, whether you want to admit that or not. you can have the most spiritual people but someone's always going to want to be more spiritual <laughs> i don't know there's um,
0: still people <laughs>
1: there's just always as long as there's humans there's always going to be pride and that's just part of being human so i think competition is everywhere i don't necessarily think that it's i don't necessarily think that it needs to to be a thing but it probably will rear its ugly head every so often, regardless of whether you, and it doesn't necessarily need to be in the music department either. Like it's, yeah, I don't know. I, we just, I've never really dealt with this much, if at all, really. So it's hard for me to identify, but when you ask about, you know, devaluing the gifts of others, I think that that is a huge problem. I think that it's a sad problem that we're, that we face. And in a way, I think it has to do with, another, you know, another time where we're dealing with the spirit of pride, because you want your church, you want your music team to have a certain vibe, for lack of a better word, you want to meet a standard of excellence that maybe is unattainable if you're only using, or if you're, if you refuse to use anyone else other than the same few people. But, um, I think there's a lot of gifted people in congregations all over the world that never get used because maybe they don't fit a certain mold. Um, I know in our own church, like I am tired. (laughs) Like if you could see me right now, I don't know if this, this is just a podcast. Like I have like raccoon eyes, like I'm, I'm tired. I'm physically tired just in life. And when I get to a Wednesday night Bible study, and then sometimes I lead two services on Sunday. Like, I'm so tired. I need people to pick up my slack. Like, I can't do it all. So um, we have a few people that are, you know, joining the worship team. And they start off as praise singers. They start off as just playing piano. They start off as, you know, whatever. And maybe they'll lead a song or maybe they'll lead a Wednesday night Bible study. So they're not, you know, we're not throwing them into a Sunday morning set. But you have to start with, getting them to that position of, okay, I'm being used in this, this is my church, this is my team. And once they get ownership of that role, even if they're just praise singing or they're just playing piano or whatever, um, once they take ownership of that role and you give them a little bit of loose loosening on their leash and you give them some opportunities, that's when they start to really take on the responsibility and they take that position seriously. And that actually continues to grow into a way that your church, um, your music team grows. And then your church grows because, Hey, come hear me sing on Sunday. Like I have some friends and they, they say that I have a good voice. Well, you can hear me sing on Sundays and they bring their friends and then they end up um, maybe coming to know the Lord. Like it's little things like that where it becomes more than just a 30 minute singing experience on a Sunday morning, it's like their life. Like it becomes part of who they are and how they identify as a Christian. They're like, well, I'm, I worship on our praise team and I I get the chance to do this and, and it's kind of part of who I am and I love being part of my church and I love my team and, and we all just make this really awesome. So I think that when you don't do that and you don't allow other people into your little inner circle of people that are being used I think you're just pretty much setting yourself up for failure because what happens when somebody needs to take a stress leave? <laughs> uh, what happens when somebody needs to, you know, bow out on a Saturday night and we don't have anyone else to do piano while well, you're stranded playing piano and singing, and you're only a good singer when you're not playing piano or you're only a good piano player when you're not singing. So like, it just, I think you're just kind of shooting yourself in the foot when you don't grow and have other people experience the, the, um, the team, and the, the fun of being part of sharing their gifts with the congregation. Man, oh, yeah. I like popcorn talk. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> oh, <No>, you're good. <laughs> no, it's, it's so true. I mean, uh, you know, when we go into sowing too, like we're we're supposed to do that. We're not supposed yeah. to just keep that little seed out to ourselves and just yeah. hide it. You know, yeah. we're supposed to give it out and, and, and bear the fruit, you know? Yeah. And I feel like it needs to be that way, like a lot more. Where like we're not just keeping our gift, but we're trying to bring gifts out of other people. That mm. they also have their own gifts. But you know, a lot of people don't even know what their gifts are because they're not even given a chance to see if that's their gift or it isn't. So I feel like, yeah, we need to definitely, you know, try and and um and just be able to just do that more often with with people. So uh, moving on to just the next section of of this um like topic, um, we're gonna hit a little bit on like the preacher side of things. Um, now, I'm pretty sure, just like me, you've seen a lot of like celebrity preachers right now, right? Yeah, um, like
1: preacher sneakers.
0: Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a big thing right now. Uh, what's your take on that whole thing? Like,
1: it's frustrating. It frustrates me so much. I don't know why. <laughs> Um, and here's the thing, as long as there, like I'm taken to the scripture, I think it was in Acts, And this was after the, um, upper room experience after the Holy Ghost had been poured out and Peter and co, I don't even remember who he was with, probably John, maybe other people. I'm not sure, but they were walking and people were like, trying to even like if they could just get in their shadow like they would be healed you know and now i don't even recall if they got healed from their shadows if they were or if they were just trying to be healed from their shadows i would need to even i like i haven't really read that to look it up but or i haven't looked it up to read it in this um studying that i've been doing for this but i think like as long as there is something hypey happening there's always going to be people that are hyped up and are worshiping and our fanatic are excited and, and pursuing maybe the wrong thing. So I don't necessarily think it's always a preacher problem. I think sometimes it is a is a person. It's a congregant problem. But I would say that more often than not, once a certain preacher gets a certain following They start to create a brand out of themselves, which is fine. Listen, I'm a marketing major. Like I'm all about good branding and you know, a brand is not a bad thing. And even like your church has a brand and it should be good and it should be cohesive and fluent. Yeah. A brand is not a bad thing. Some people associate branding with bad and it's not. But when you create a brand for yourself and for your followers and for your influence I think that that could go down one of two roads. And it seems like more often than not, um, it goes down a poor path. And you're seeing, you know, you're seeing them share things that are not doctrinally correct. Um, they're, they're sharing things that are not biblical. Um, a good, <laughs> in the worst way, a good example of this is Beth Moore. She has gone off the deep end. Like I don't. And of course she is a big encouragement to women all around the world. And I'm just like, stop following her. (laughs) She's like one, there's many, but, um, Joyce Myers is another one. Like if you like read up, um, and, and see some of the things that she's written or listen to some of the things she said, I, I just don't understand. I don't get it. But they're, they've authored books. They've become this legendary brand where people are drawn. Every time that they say something, People are their ears are perked up and they're listening. And it doesn't matter what they say. The people are going to like it. They're, they've got itching ears for Joyce Myers. They've got itching ears for Beth Moore. Um, Stephen Furtick is another one of those people where at first I was like, you know, I liked some of the things that he shared. And then once i started to see other things that he was sharing i was like no that doesn't line up with the word of god like that that's doctrinally like the opposite we don't like that's not true um you got to go back to philippians 4 where it says whatever is true just pure lovely good report um is it worthy of honor or praise or whatever however that goes like we need to go back to that we need to take everything that these people are saying line it up with the word of god And if it fits the bill, then like I will follow those people. I will listen to what they have to say. And I think there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, listening to a good speaker or a good preacher. But when you create a brand and create a whole influence around something that is wrong, that is, it's against doctrinal beliefs, it's against the Bible, it goes. And it's, you know, kind of sugar-coated with some really pretty motivational words so that people really like it. Like, that's dangerous. Um, and I think that could go, honestly, that could go for worship leaders, but also preachers. That you see so much of it. like I ugh. And I also, like, question the people that repost some things. Like, I'm just like, okay, that was a great, that person, that um, Stephen Furtick, we'll go back to him because he's easy to bug and pick on. But <laughs> I'll see people share some of his stuff, and it's like they'll take like a you know forty five second blurb from one of his sermons from a Sunday, and it's really good. Like it's like oh wow yeah like that is like pricking the heart, and then if you listen to the rest of the sermon or the context of which that was put in, you're like "Mm, never
0: mind. (laughs) That's
1: um that's wrong (laughs) on so many levels. Uh, so I think we just need to be be careful of what we're listening to and what we're being influenced by. and somebody that could be looking the parts, you know they could have the expensive sneakers they could have <laughs> they could have the big congregations and the large following. they might not necessarily be um good for your soul
0: <laughs> yeah. or
1: influence in your life.
0: no, it's true. I mean. I kind of agree. Like I'm kind of on the same boat as you are. Time of me listening and like actually listening to the whole thing, I was like, mm,
1: like oh, I don't know.
0: I don't, <laughs> I don't yeah. think so. I, don't I think mean, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you always like those little clips always get you like those little four or five second ones and you're just like That's
1: oh my god because people reshare these really awesome clips mm. and like i like what this guy says i'm gonna follow yeah. him and then you just don't care to do the research to be like well what exactly does this person follow and bethel yeah. is another crazy mm. one and sometimes it comes disguised as a song where they're they're putting this really backwards doctrine into your brain i'm not saying like boycott bethel's music i'm just saying like in some regard, you hear some of their songs or you watch some of their sermons or you hear some of their 45-second clips from their service and you're like, okay, those sound nice. Those sound really cool. And then you start to get into, you know, what was the heart behind that song? What was the what was the rest of the sermon? You're like, Ugh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you're like, what happened?
1: <laughs> Where'd we go wrong? Yeah, exactly.
0: No, but I mean, I agree, honestly. And um, I mean, just the church in general, like, Do you feel like we should have those celebrity preachers um, in church or or how should we go about that as a church? Um, Kind of like going back to the question I asked previously, like if we're using that same preacher over and over again, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Do you think that's okay? Because that's where I'm kind of like in the middle. I'm like, I think it's okay to have influence. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, how do we control that? You know, which I we're going to talk a little bit about that. But um, mm-hmm. as a church, should we have those celebrity preachers?
1: Now, a couple names that come to mind, I think of Victor Jackson. I think God has done one of the most incredible things in his life. God has used him in the craziest ways. Mm. God has given him words. God has inspired him and... And I'm not like being a fanatical person about Victor Jackson. I'm using him as an example because he's a huge name in our movement. Um, I think there's a reason that he gets used often. I think there's a reason that when you hear that brother Jackson is preaching at blah, 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 blah. Like I will drive across the country to go hear him speak. <laughs> um, and this sounds kind of silly. And I'm, I'm not going to say this to blanket cover everybody and everything, but if you go on his Instagram, you'll notice that like very seldom do you ever see a picture of himself or like generally maybe it's his like his um, kid and his wife or, but most of the time it's like these little, these little blurps of wisdom. And I think that that should kind of tell you right off the bat, what kind of an individual he is and mm. where he's at with God, because it's never been about Victor Jackson for him it's been about sending a message to this generation. Hey, we are in the last days. We need to wake up. Here are some useful things that the Lord's been speaking to me about. I want to share them with you. Also, here's my gorgeous wife. Here's my cute kid. Like, you know, it's things like that, but it's like his, his motivation is not necessarily building a brand for himself. And like I said, there's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying here in, in terms of this gentleman in particular, um, you can tell that there is really a spirit of humility in him. And I think that's why he gets used. And I think every place that he goes, he's used mightily by God. Lee Stone King uh, is another one. He is next level for me because there's people that are like, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, like, the like there's a, there's people out there that are so fanatical about Lee Stone King and he is an amazing teacher, but that's not a him problem. That's a, that's a person problem where they're like they worship him they want to be like they think like if Lee Stone King prays prays with me or prays for me like I'm going to get instantly healed and yeah there is uh you know the the gift of faith and there is the gift of healing but like, like whoa <laughs> like back off like he's just <laughs> yeah. a man and he'll be the first to tell you that he's just a man so becoming fanatical and and so obsessed with any human being um, that claims to be a messenger from God or whatever that claims to have the truth and that goes to evang- evangelize and and speak. Like I think that that's a problem <laughs> because they're if they're doing it right and they're being humble and they're and they're in the right spirit, God is using them mightily by His power. There's nothing we can do to stop that word. There's nothing we can do to take that word away. It's going to come forth. Um, but obsessing over them is like a you problem. <laughs> I don't know if any True. of that made
0: sense once again. No, it did. Yeah. It did. It definitely made sense. I mean, I think um, that that's where we need to kind of cut it, right? Where it's like, if we are doing that, if we are just praising them and just like, you know, put them in our pedestal, like, I think that's when it gets bad. I yeah. mean, Victor Jackson, like, I've seen some of his preachings, like, online and stuff, and he's honestly great. Like, I would love to see him live, but he's like a perfect example of, like, what it should be. What it you should know? be. Yeah. Yeah. I I can say the same
1: about brother Woodward. He's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I've met these people that I'm talking about. Like I've met them in person. They're amazing individuals that are humble and, and I'm, they're human. Right. So like, yeah, whatever. They're,
0: they're just cool. But um,
1: I've also met some people in person that are, they have no time for, for anyone. And you know, like that kind of goes to show, like I'm only here to preach a word. And actually I heard, actually I heard this, so this is third-hand information, and I don't know who it was. They didn't tell me, but there was a particular preacher that was asked to um, speak at, I think it was a youth uh, convention, youth something, and he wouldn't come unless he was preaching on the Friday night. They asked him to preach like a Thursday morning or something, and he's like, no, I'm only a Friday night preacher. And like, what? I can't wrap my head around that. I don't know who that was or if that's even true, but like, that's what's wrong. Like, that's that's how you don't want to be. <laughs>
0: But, yeah, I mean, I've seen some bad examples, too, to where, you know, like, you see that guy with, you know, not like Victor Jackson, (laughs) where we see, like, their Instagram full of themselves and full of pictures of them preaching and full of pictures of this and this and that. And I'm doing this and I'm going here, right? And -hmm. you can see, like, a huge difference between, you know, let's say, for example, that Victor Jackson and then somebody else. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of right off the bat just, like. You can just tell
1: that there's anything wrong with using your social media to like influence you know and i just think that there you do truly um i just i look back at all the times that people were used mightily by god in the in the bible and it's never really been about them like they've never made it about them and then when they have made it about them god has replaced them with someone who didn't make it about them so i'm just there is a fine line like on social media, especially Instagram, where you're sharing like photos and, and your highlight reel. Like it's easy to to share all the really pretty great things going on. Um, actually, Landon Gore is another guy who to me is just like he he's humble. He's wonderful. He's always got a great word from God. And you just know, like when you hear when you hear them speak, you like, you're like, yes, that was. <laughs> and I know I'm not. Oh, I'm trying to not be that person. I'm just being for the sake of this podcast. I'm, I just, I can kind of read people and I could tell when there's like that really strong spirit of pride um, in them, but I don't feel that about Landon Gore. And he had mentioned, I don't know if it was on a podcast or I don't even know where this came from, but this is factual information (laughs) that he said somewhere. Um, he said that he used to post all these Chick-fil-A pictures on his on his Instagram. He would be like, oh, I'm at Chick-fil-A. And everybody kind of called him like the Chick-fil-A guy for the longest time. Because he was always like, he loves Chick-fil-A. And you would always see him at Chick-fil-A. And most of his Chick-fil-A stops were in airports. So he would post, you know, I'm here and I'm at a Chick-fil-A. Oh my gosh, Chick-fil-A is closed because it's 5 a.m. And I'm going on a flight and they haven't opened yet. Like whatever. And God convicted him. And said, that's a spirit of pride. Well, maybe not in this way, so to speak, but he said, when you're sharing those Chick-fil-A pictures, you're showing people, you're almost boasting to people that you're traveling all the time, that you're being asked to go to all these, you know. And so God convicted him of that. And like you won't I haven't seen a Chick-fil-A story since. And and it's just one of those things where when the Lord checks you in your spirit, you have the choice to say, Oh, yeah, you're right. Or yeah, but isn't it awesome that I'm being used? Like people should know that. Like, it's awesome that I get to go around and and share your gospel. But God was like, no, that's actually a pride thing. Like that's a pride issue. Stop doing it. Um, And so he took that seriously and he listened to the voice of God and he stopped doing that. And like, that's a whole different, like it takes someone who's truly humble and in tune with the spirit to be able to make that decision, which sounds dumb. Like don't post any more Chick-fil-A pictures, but it was the heart behind the photos and the stories that were actually the problem. Right. So anyways, (laughs) side story.
0: (laughs) No, no, it's all good. I mean, it kind of goes along with what we were talking about. And it's true, you know, like even little things like that can become something else and something bigger at some point. Um, So I think it's very important for us to see all those little things that we do and be really careful uh, with how we're doing things and how we're using our social medias, etc. Right, but I mean yeah. that can be a whole another episode just on that. But <laughs> um, now the last question I had for like that whole preachers side of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's good to honor people. Um, I th- you know I mean it's biblical that we should honor people, uh, but but how do we like draw the line to not create like entitlement? in in ministry for these people putting them on that pedestal like where do you think like we can draw the line in that
1: i think that's two separate issues for two separate people um i think that you as a consumer slash believer slash i say consumer so much but that's like my marketing brain coming to life um as a congregant let's call it that um you need to stop putting people on pedestals. I mean, your pastor deserves honor because he's your your shepherd, right? Um, but I mean, worshiping your pastor, that's like next level. Don't be like that. That's weird. He's not God and he's a human and he makes mistakes. Same with your pastor's wife. I mean, you might've had a great, exp- I'm talking from a woman's perspective here. Like you may have had a great experience with a previous pastor's wife and maybe the one that you have now um, isn't like up to that level and and you just, you have um, bitterness, or maybe you just have some reservations about certain things. And like, I I can see that, I can get behind, I can understand, but that's a you problem at the end of the day. God has put them in your life, like pray for them, work on making that relationship great. Take the initiative to reach out. I mean, she or he, you know, both are in a, a very serious, slew of stress i'm sure all the time just by being pastors and a pastor wife um reach out and offer them you know some time like a a coffee like do something for them you know be the initiator the opposite can be said for um the other party um like don't seek your congregation's honor as um the of the affirming word that you're in the right (sighs) What am I trying to say here? If God sets you up somewhere, or if God puts something in your heart, a dream, a passion, a desire, and you do everything that you can to honor the Lord, to follow his word, to obey him, to to be in tune with the spirit. If you're in prayer, if you are reading the word, God will honor you. You don't necessarily need to think so highly of people's opinions of yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Like don't, Don't put so much weight on humans' opinions of you. Mm -hmm. It's not about your brand uh, as a preacher. It's not about your follower count. It's not about how many congregants are in your church. Mm -hmm. And uh, if it was up to that, there would, people would just, there would be only five churches in the USA and they would be like all on TV. (laughs) Because it's (laughs) not about that. It's about the fact that you get to impact somebody's life Um, on a big scale or on a small scale, pretty much every single day in one way or another. Um, And so putting so much emphasis on their opinion of you or how they feel about you isn't necessarily a healthy place to be either. You know what I mean?
0: I agree. And honestly, like that goes, like I feel like that creates a lot of different problems and it goes into different things. Like, you know, like you were saying, like if that was it, like we would only know five different preachers, right? (laughs) In the whole United States. And it's true. I mean, even now, I feel like, you know, a lot of people by their last names, you know, a lot of people by, you know, like that pastor, he was a pastor and now his kid is a pastor and his kid yeah. kid is a pastor and, and there's a lot to just go into in that specific area. But I mean, at least for myself, I don't think it should be about last names. I don't think it should be about, you know, all these different things. And I don't know, that's even questionable for me too, like, when a pastor leaves the congregation to their son just because it's their son, yeah, um, if there's no calling, I mean, like what the heck, yeah. <laughs> but yeah
1: that's a thing um I mean it again, I think it's um maybe situational, I think mm-hmm. it really does depend on on your situation because sometimes who could be better suited for the job than someone's son who's grown up doing this, who's seen, who's sort of been acclimatized to being in the church. Like I I can see how that would be almost like a, not all the time at all, but in some ways, sort of a prerequisite for a successful Mm -hmm. successor. That makes sense. Um, But at the same time, I mean, once again, like let's loop back to brother Victor Jackson, like he, he wasn't born and raised in this. I think he was like 19 or 18 or something when, when God radically changed his life. And so you have to be able to um, give that same honor to the people that the Lord has radically delivered from uh, a life of sin. Uh, and they deserve to, to be treated and the same opportunities as the pastor's son. You know what I mean? It just might mean, God has to mature them in a different way. God has to acclimatize them to that to that um that's those situations in a way that maybe someone who's fairly new might not have seen, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean I could that's never true.
1: I'm not gonna say this, I shouldn't say this out loud, but like I, I don't think I could ever Eleni, don't say that. But in my flesh, I'm saying this as a as in a carnal way, I don't think I could ever be a pastor's wife. I and it's not that I don't want to do it. It's that like, I just, I've never, I don't know. I don't even know what to do. <laughs> like when people come to me with any, anything, I'm like, I will, I, and I see this and I mean it, I will sincerely pray for you. Cause that's all I know what to do. Like, I, I don't know how to help you right now. So I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> and it mean. seems like the most amazing pastor's wives are like, they yeah. just know. And it's like the Lord gives them <laughs> these gifts of like, I will cook you a meal. I will, <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. I'll pray for you. I know prayer works and I will genuinely pray for you. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't really know what else to do. <laughs> and maybe <laughs> like, there's a reason that I'm not a pastor's wife. Like maybe God has to put me in that position and, or like, like mature me until I get to that position. But I, I uh,
0: Oh Lord. <laughs> I think we all think about it at some point point. we're like, like me, I'm always like, no 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 n- 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 like none of that. <laughs> but um, you know
1: it's like us that God calls sometimes and it could be kind of intimidating.
0: <laughs> True. But I think you no, know, as far as like to close that out, I-, I feel like it it does it has to be a calling. Um Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with like, you know, a, a son being a predecessor, right? Or or whatever yeah. it is. I don't think there's anything wrong as long as there's a calling there from God. Um, right.
1: No, you're right.
0: It will be blessed if there's a calling. So, I mean, I I don't see anything wrong with it. But as long as there is that, I I think it's completely fine. But um, just moving on to the last section of like what we're kind of talking about in um i'm sure we've you've heard the term influencer before right and Mm -hmm. we hear it all the time social media right uh either on instagram twitter you know there's so many social medias now right Uh, tiktok all that stuff um
1: don't go on tiktok tiktok's bad
0: no i i honestly never downloaded it and i'm like i'm never going to i'm just like i don't want to (laughs) i I don't know like i already have enough with what i have yes Um, but (laughs) But honestly, um, but now as far as influencers, do you think influencers are good for the church?
1: Uh, I mean, I know it's very
0: broad, but
1: yeah, it's situational. I really think it's situational. Um, I have seen both sides. I have seen people who are not intentionally being influencers who are heavily influencing in a good way. A generation of people and it's phenomenal. Um, one example, and I'm again, like as a woman, I'm giving you some female examples of women that are influencing me, but, um, Whaley, like she doesn't have like DM me for collabs. Like she's not like, she's not a textbook influencer, but she, she is a woman who walks with the Lord. She, she shares so much wisdom, both practical and worldly wisdom and i say that because i mean she works for ibm so she's always giving us information about like let's talk about ai let's talk about privacy of your phone let's talk about security stuff but also she's a pastor's wife so she she also comes in as an influencer to all of these women i'm sure men too but women who who maybe need that pastor's wife influence in their life um and she's, she's amazing. But like I said, she would probably never call herself an influencer ever. Like she doesn't have an influencer. Her, her feed isn't like really perfectly colored and she doesn't like, she doesn't give off the influencer vibes, but yet she heavily, I mean, heavily influences, um, a generation of women who are in the church walking with the Lord. Um, <clears throat> on the contrary, There are girls. I say girls because I just feel like influencer is really just a female thing. (laughs) But I've seen both. Um, I've seen girls who are trying really hard uh, to be an influencer in terms of the world's uh, definition of an influencer. It's like DM Mm -hmm. for collabs. Nothing wrong with that at all. But where is your heart? Is your heart behind uh or is your motivation to build a a me brand or is it to vertically worship god and the people that come across your information that you share or influence that you share are they being pointed to god or are they being pointed to you um that's something i honestly struggle with on the gram myself because i mean i don't ever know what to put out i'm trying to be a, a apostolic artist quote unquote hashtag i'm trying to make music and like it's hard to make music without m- building a brand around yourself so like yeah. i have these expectations to post regularly to post good stuff to post like but but when people click on my posts and read my captions like where are they going is there is their brains is their heart are there spirit soul body mind is that all going up or is that stopping at me And so I think maybe that's a question that anybody that's trying to build a following or an influence for whatever reason on social media, like are you pointing your followers to Christ or are you Mm -hmm. pointing your followers to you? Because Mm. there's room for there to be both, like both can coexist. You can have a brand about yourself and still honor God and post about Mm God. Um, But there is a big problem when the bigger chunk of that pie is all about you. Um, I'm not going to give examples of people that I know, but there are many out there that truly and honestly are um, are on both sides of it. And I think of um, yeah. Goodness Margin, Shelly Kuhn, um, pastor's wife, I think. She's an amazing individual. She inspires me to clean my house and organize my life. Um, and like that's not godly really (laughs) like i mean it's not super spiritual she doesn't have this feed that's like all just bible scriptures like her feed is like one of the best tools is free and it's on your phone and it's a timer set a timer and clean your room and see how far you can get in 10 minutes like it's (laughs) that but but the heart behind her her profile is a good godly woman is a good keeper of her home And like she doesn't even post that anywhere, but that's what I get from her stuff. And so there's other girls out there that have like modesty profiles and that you see two sides of that. You see like a girl that's like sharing skirts that are really tight and she's like it's from behind so you can see a little arch in her back. You know, like it's stuff like that. And you know what I'm talking about. Like it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's wearing a skirt, but it's not really modest, but she's a modest blogger. And she DM for collabs. If you want me to wear your stuff. And then <laughs> there's other people that are like, when you look at their feet and they can have tens of thousands of followers, what I see, Courtney Tolliver is an amazing example. Again, I'm giving good examples, not bad ones. I look at her profile and I see like, when I see her, I see a Proverbs 31 woman who's sharing some inspiration behind, you know, dressing modestly, keeping a good home, being a good wife, you know, like, it's just things like that. And it's really, people can tell your motivations by what you post. And
0: you're,
1: like I said, nothing wrong with the DM for collabs, like nothing wrong with that. I, you can find that probably in any profile of any good influencer, but I just mean like, in general, you do give off a certain vibe, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, and, and are you pointing people to Christ or are you pointing people to you?
0: Yeah, That was again, very think... long-winded. <laughs> no, no, that's good. I mean, I, I think it's honestly the main point of the whole influencer thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, is it about you or is it about God? Like, yeah. If, if we can sum it up into everything, like that would be it.
1: Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, they can coexist. Mm-hmm. You can have a brand like myself. I can I can have a, a Lenny Young artist brand but like when you go to my feed is it just a bunch of pictures like pr photo promo photos of myself no i mean i hope not anyways there's a little bit everything on there right now but like you should i hope that when you go to my profile you feel this love for the gospel and sharing my testimony that's the goal you know so um yeah
0: yeah like it's not just like it's not just your personal thing and it's not just about you, it's about Mm -hmm. the kingdom in general. Uh I I think that's where is like the difference too is like am I just building a brand for myself or am I building a brand so then I can help build the kingdom? Like I feel like that's where our mindset needs to be if we want to influence like at all. Now uh this question honestly it's something that I've thought about a lot lately. Like a lot. Um, Because I see all these celebrity preachers. I see all these different things, all these influencers. Mm -hmm. um, And I'm talking about like outside of our church or outside of like, you know, like our denomination, if you want to call it that. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're so influential, right? Yeah. But I I don't see somebody at that level of influence of our belief, or at least not many. So my question is like, do you feel like we or like our movement needs to have more people influence in that Christian world, oneness or apostolic Uh that can be a little bit more out there to be able to influence those people too.
1: So I just really think that it's a fine line. I think there's Mm -hmm. a reason that there's not more. And I think that the ones that are out there that are non apostolic, non oneness, I think that for the most part, their motivations are hidden in the wrong things. I think it's easy to fall into the spirit of the me kingdom when you have that platform, which is why I don't think it's really freely given out to just everybody. Um, Like I think of people that I know that have larger followings um, and, and I don't know, that to me is a big responsibility. It's a huge responsibility. And, uh, I, I don't, I think people want that following. I mean, I want a bigger following. It just means that I can do more music, (laughs) which sounds silly, but, um, people want a bigger following, but they don't want the responsibility that comes with having people, that many people following you. Does that make sense?
0: It makes total sense.
1: And if you are, if you're in tune with the Lord and you are following his direction, his spirit, he will give you exactly what you need to be given in order to grow his kingdom. So I think that there is a reason that we may not have as many in our movement that have a crazy following. Um, Because once you enter a certain space in influence worlds, I think that it, it can change really quick. So I don't know. I agree I think that the people that are prepared and that are ready to deal with the mm-hmm. followers and the responsibility of having that many people following you. I think those people will be given much if they're, you know, building the kingdom. I agree. Um, but yeah, that's a fine. Well, yeah,
0: route. it is honestly, cause it can get very bad, very fast. Yeah, <laughs> um, just-
1: it's long, really.
0: It's it's hard and needs to be like somebody that God is preparing like exactly like for that. Yeah. Because it, it's yeah. something that's not easy, like no. for sure. And I mean, having the, the bigger following you have, and it's something that a, a lot of people don't I feel like don't really think about. Mm-hmm. They just think about that number going up. Yeah. But as your following goes up, like people are listening more to you. Uh, you're becoming... Yeah, like you're becoming something for those people, some someone they look up to. Yeah, and so now you yourself gotta raise up your game to the next level for all these people, yeah. <laughs> because you can either lead them up or down, and you
1: know, or they can stop at you, and that's not yeah. where you want to be.
0: Exactly, and like you don't want to give them something wrong, or or you know say something you're not supposed mm-hmm. to, or uh, lead them astray, you know for what you're saying. So it, it also comes with a responsibility with huge responsibility. It's not about just the likes and the comments and the uh-huh. lifestyle and like all that stuff. It's so much yeah. more than that. But now again, just going into what I just kind of mentioned right now, where do we draw the line between admiring somebody's lifestyle and just straight up worshiping them?
1: Um, I think that's a heart issue. I think that you can admire someone's lifestyle and not necessarily worship them. Right, I think that. uh, But again, I think that if that person has a kingdom focus, and you're following that person, and you're admiring their kingdom-centered lifestyle, I think that there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Um, It's when you, it's when that aspiration, that person, that that mold that you want to fit into that person's lifestyle that you want, when that takes precedence over being in a relationship with God, that's when it becomes straight up idolatry, right? That's when it becomes a problem. Um, Idols today are certainly not made of stone, or and I mean, they are out there. (laughs) There's literally like crystals. (laughs) But (laughs) um, idolatry in its truest form is when something becomes more important to you than God that becomes an idol that becomes something that hinders that relationship that vertical relationship something sits right here and hovers and takes takes away from that connection so if somebody's godly kingdom-minded amazing lifestyle sits right here and blocks that vertical connection to god then that's idolatry um and you're worshiping them you're worshiping their lifestyle because this worship that goes vertical can't go all the way up if there's something on top of your head that's taking that that connection away, right? So again, it's kind of back on you and me. It's back on the the, the followers. It's back on the people that are um, influenced by these people. What are you going to do with um, with the people that you follow? How are you going to navigate following them? <laughs> sounds silly but i guess yeah that's
0: no yeah and it's something we point don't point out a lot we point out a lot of like the person that's being the influencer but not the person that's looking at that influencer and how we are taking it as as people Mm -hmm. and the people we look up to are we just kind of you know following them because we can get something good Mm -hmm. or are we just like becoming fanatic about them and you know having them as an idol in our lives you know so we need to be very careful as listeners and you know us being on the other end as well but now can someone argue and this is about the uh apostle paul right can someone Mm -hmm. argue that you know they are doing like let's say what the apostle paul was doing right when he said follow me as i follow christ right like why did he explicitly mention like that example like he didn't say just follow christ he said follow me as i follow him so he was kind of influencing in a way, and he was kind of saying, "Like I'm a good influence." Yeah, in a way, and I
1: think had every right to say that, and I think that we need to be careful putting that tagline on our profiles, <laughs> um, because um, the Apostle Paul. Not very many of us truthfully can say that we've heard the audible voice of Jesus. In fact, Paul lost his vision after that encounter with the lord Mm -hmm. and i wonder what he saw like he lost his his physical vision and i wonder that i wonder if while, i wonder what he saw when he was blind and i wonder what the lord taught him i wonder what that that experience was like for him. And I believe that in that experience, God had opened his eyes spiritually, obviously not physically, but spiritually to so many revelations of who he was, things that some of his disciples hadn't even really understood while they were with him. So when Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ, I think that he has a pretty good leg to stand on when he says that, because he has seen what I believe. I mean, this is kind of a personal opinion, but he's been in tune with Jesus so much. He had heard Jesus's audible voice. He had experienced this radical salvation and, and all of this wisdom that he's been writing from literal jail cells to these churches was all by the, the influence of the Holy spirit. So when he says, follow me, and when he's also saying, um, in his same scriptures and letters, crucify the flesh, deny yourself, follow, pick up your cross, follow Christ. He's not saying pick up your cross or sorry, he's not saying deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow Paul. He's saying, no, no, follow Christ. But he's saying, I've had these experiences with Jesus Christ and I have some wisdom to impart to you. So let's walk this road together. And it's essentially in a way like having a pastor. And he uh, he was writing all these letters as if he was a pastor, you know, and so I think in a way, I think he was just giving us a good example of what it looks like to have some hierarchy in the church pastoral figure on uh, as your head um, and having someone who is good can really make or break your relationship with Christ. Because if you have no direction, you're just running up chasing after Instagram preacher influencers and and having no direction as far as, you know, well, I believe this, but. I leave this part out. And if you don't have somebody to guide you along that path, like Paul, or, you know, like your pastor, like a a mentor or a a spiritual leadership in your life, then it's easy to to fall astray, especially in 2021, when it's pretty easy to just follow anybody on Instagram and become, you know, a spiritual guru overnight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So true. Honestly, I mean, all you said is really true, and a lot of like different good points. I feel like, as Christians, it's like when you were saying earlier that you can coexist. Like, I think you can definitely have influence, but you also, you know, like we said, you have to be very careful with it, and you have to know the reason of that influence. And, you know, kind of like the Apostle Paul, and you were saying, like, kind of explaining that it makes a lot of sense. It's like, yes, like, I'm in some influence. But at the end of the day, he pointed to Christ. He pointed to, back to the cross and he pointed back to Jesus and not uh, to himself. It was yeah. like, yeah, like y- you can take me as an example because of all the things I've been through. Yeah. But I'm not it. Like yeah, there's exactly there's him and he he's it, like not me, yeah. you know? So I think when we get to be able to differentiate those things and kind of separate those, I think we can definitely, um, have some influence and yeah, I mean, it's just, you just have to be careful with the you influence that you're given. People. Yeah. You know,
1: the influence that you're allowing in your life. Like, I think it really does. Mm-hmm. The, the weight is on both sides. You have to be careful what you're allowing and you have to be careful who you're, or sorry, what you're influencing the people that are following you, you know?
0: Yeah. And I, I think another thing with that is like, you just have to be careful with pride. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's the biggest issue with just having influence, just, Mm -hmm. you know, being prideful and and kind of, you know, letting your head, you know, (laughs) kind of blow up and, and like, it starts becoming about you and, you know, Mm -hmm. so we need to be just very, very careful. And I think having a relationship with God, a close relationship with him and, and keeping yourself grounded, I think is the best way to kind of, go about it i if god is giving you some some influence take it but just do something good with it um yeah now moving on to like just a couple of things on like how we can better ourselves um as far as influence goes and all these uh things that we've been kind of talking about and you know being kind of a celebrity right um (laughs) in quotation marks uh, um how can we as individuals do better not to make somebody in the church look like a celebrity, or um, how can the church do better as well, or that person that is being taken as a celebrity? um, Like how can we better ourselves as individuals to make sure that doesn't happen?
1: Mm, I think we just need to make sure that uh, first and foremost, there's nothing that's separating our connection with God. So when our personal worship goes directly to God and like, I'm using some hand gestures, which you might not be able to see, I guess on the podcast, but when you have that direct line to God, straight up, this vertical worship, if you're doing it in this heart of humility, you're coming to God with a repentant spirit. Um, and you are, you are experiencing that, that relationship with Christ that we all need and crave so badly. Um, I think that you'll know when somebody is hovering, when a personality, uh, um, a influencer, a gift, a talent, an, an aspiration, a dream, if something hovers between that connection and, and you, you almost worship that thing, that person, I think that's when you know that there's an issue. So you just need to be cognizant of what you're allowing to become beyond ground level. You need to, to be aware of what you're allowing in your life or who you're allowing in your life to, to to come off the ground because the people, the things, the personality, the the influence, that's all worldly kingdom stuff. None of that is gonna take us to heaven. None of that is gonna even go with us when we die and, and go to heaven. Uh, none of that is gonna get us any further in this life the only thing that can get us to, to that final destination is our relationship with Christ. So as long as there's nothing hovering between you and that connection, there, I feel like you're in a good spot. And you can, if you can identify that there's something or someone that's that's taking precedence before God, like that's a really great start. Um, and then of course, you know, casting all that down, <laughs> putting Jesus at the center—that's the second step. Um, and then of course, as the person that maybe if you are a person that has influence, if you're a person that, uh, you know, has a, I don't know if you have a following, if you've got, if you're in a position, you know, if you're a worship leader or a musician that's got, if you're talented, if you're gifted, like if God's put a calling on your life, um, you need to be so careful with that platform that you're given and those, those souls that you have the opportunity to minister to every single day. You need to be so careful, um, and the goal at the end of the day is to point others to Christ. It's not to point others to you. And um, as long as you're aware and as long as you're constantly comparing or um, measuring up what you're posting and sharing with the scripture, I think that that's a really good place to to be for sure. I think there's just, yeah, there's different qualif- or there's different um, needs on both sides of the spectrum.
0: No, oh, yeah. Honestly, I, I think kind of to finish off the, the episode, I think... Um, All that you said are some good, really good steps that we can take that um, just as listeners, right? Or consumers, as you put it earlier, right? Um, And then also as people that maybe have some type of influence. I think both are very important. And and all the points that you were kind of giving uh, kind of answered a couple of the questions that like I even had for you. Um, But now, uh, you know, to finish it off, we are living in crazy times, hard times, (laughs) right? Um, I, just like we were talking about earlier and the world needs God more than ever, really. Um, yeah. how can we, as the church, as the apostolic church, take the gospel even further using our influence and using our gifts?
1: Um, I think that, uh, I think that we need to give people something that's palatable, uh, wait, I don't mean that in a way that it maybe sounded. Hold on. <laughs> Let's water it all down and make it sound really pretty. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, what I mean by that is we need to operate at the same standard of excellence and quality that the world is operating at, or even just the Christian sphere that's not sharing the full gospel. I think that we need to consider um, that what we have is a gift and how we use it is pretty much imperative to whether or not it gets reach. So um, like it means no more DIY. Like I think it just, Oh, Eleni, don't be that person. I just think it means investing in excellence, investing in quality, investing in a good, like honestly, carnally here, let me just speak like investing in good marketing in a good uh, image that promotes you in a way that people can reach that message that, or the message can reach the people. Wow. That was a really hard way to say that, but there's no reason for us as apostolics and as oneness, um, and as truth holders to operate at a lower level of excellence, just because we have, um, the truth. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of people think that because like God's just going to miraculously reach people. Well, that's not biblical. We're told over and over in the form of all kinds of parables and and even in like firsthand situations, how important it is to go out and reach those people. And so that might include an investment. You have to make an investment for your brand, for your church, for your, your media team, your music, like not recording in your basement, but you know, hiring a studio to do a really good, excellent job that meets quality, uh, the standard of quality that's in the industry right now. Like it's just certain things like just be par with the world when it comes to quality and, and branding. And I think that you have a, an equal chance to reach those people, but with much better content, you know, obviously the truth Mm -hmm. and not that I'm saying God can't but I'm saying we have been given, uh, some really amazing tools and we're using them. And you're seeing a lot of amazing ways that, um, the church is being used or members of the church are being used to share, uh, the, the message. Like, I mean, those videos, you go to a conference and then there's there's those like next day videos. And like, those are phenomenal. They're, cinematic they're captivating and like those are apostolic artists really Mm -hmm. that are creating these beautiful videos that are actually capturing an audience that might have not really given it a chance if it was like an iphone video do you know what i mean um so yeah i think considering all the the talent and giftings that we have within our church like let's use that let's start to build this beautiful cohesive um brand what am i trying to say here quality of brand that sort of matches what the world is staring at eight hours a day and let's let's Mm -hmm. be in competition with what they're watching and what they're looking at what they're listening to
0: yeah so yeah we need to match i mean i feel like we need to use the new tools that come in we need to use the new platforms that are here we need to use all the new things like we can't just be stuck using the same like you know, like we're no longer using like VHS.
1: No, now right. we have everything
0: in our the palm of our hands. Like we have yeah. an iPhone that we can do cinematic like videos with almost. Yeah, you know, we nice. can't be using a little camcorder that you're holding. You know, and it's weights like yeah. you know ten pounds, and yeah. you know, so those things change. The tools change. So mm-hmm. let's use them for you know the church's advantage and 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 for god's kingdom i feel like there's nothing wrong with that and you know i to close it off you know just in every way let's influence the world like that's what we're here for that's our main thing going out there and and reaching the world, and, and part of mm-hmm. doing that is influencing them um, yeah. for the kingdom. But um, this was a really good conversation. Honestly, like I know we can go on and on, and like we're both talkers, so uh, <laughs> I feel I never like we can talk,
1: ch- talk either. I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. sorry, <laughs> I'm so <laughs> no, long. I mean, like I need to work on that.
0: <laughs> I'm here to listen, and I am here. Like I'm here to just ask questions and let you talk. <laughs> but honestly, like thank you for making the time. I know, you know. You're a little bit busy you got your mm-hmm. kids here and there i know they pop i know she popped in the camera once or twice yeah um, but um thank you for making the time and, and being here again it's always great having you honestly
1: thank you for having me but
0: um well. just to finish it off if you can just um give your uh social medias out um
1: oh, and so we doing talking that. <laughs>
0: about that no but no. i mean uh, i love your music and i want more people to listen to it so um If they haven't heard your music or whatnot, like where can they find you? Where can they find your music? And you know, if you have any announcement or anything you want to share with us, you are welcome to. (laughs)
1: Um, (laughs) Well, you can find me always at just my name, Eleni Young. I have like, I'm on all the places that you listen to music. I have a single coming out on December 3rd. It's not a Christmas song. (laughs) So we'll see how that goes. Releasing a song uh, in Christmas season. Um, And it is with the coolest people. I'm so excited. I'm not even going to, ah, but I've almost pretty much, oh. (laughs) Okay, so it's with Nathan and Rachel French, and we wrote this song together, and it's so good, and I'm so excited for the world to hear it. It is just, it's a vertical worship song. I'm so excited. It is called Worthy is the Lamb, and I'm so pumped. So you heard it here first. (laughs) I'm not going (laughs) to share it until, like, the middle or the end of November, so... (laughs) (laughs) so um here's a sneak peek only on the rugged gospel podcast
0: (laughs) wow (laughs) uh no thank you for sharing we are excited for that song honestly um i for both you and then separately and you guys together it's just gonna be so good it's (laughs) it's gonna be so good um but yeah i mean honestly super excited um everybody that hasn't listened to elaine please go ahead and listen to her follow her uh, she not only has great music but puts out great content as well so again thank you for coming yeah, on thanks all right god bless everyone. hey thank you for tuning in today don't forget to subscribe and tune in next week for another episode